I've been taking a look at this Kentucky basketball schedule this afternoon, and if all goes right for the Wildcats, they have an incredibly high ceiling this year. You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily podcast on the Kentucky Wildcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, what is going on, Big Blue Nation? Welcome on in to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Lance Dahl, writer for Sports Illustrated for various SEC-related things. But on this podcast, we take a dive into all things Kentucky athletics. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. You can download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On College for $20 off your first purchase. On today's episode of Locked On Kentucky, we are going to be taking a look at the official 2023-24 Kentucky basketball schedule. What do we like? What do we not like? What's the ceiling for the Kentucky Wildcats this upcoming season? I'm going to give you a record that I have in mind later on in the show. Also, Andy Patton of the Locked On College Basketball Podcast hopped on his show to talk a little bit more about the situation with Big Z, the Croatian sensation. Zvonimir Ivasic going to talk about what he thinks about the situation as well as some fleshed out thoughts as to how I feel the administration's office is handling this current situation. Thank you so much for making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. Want to remind everybody out there that we are free and available on all platforms. If you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe to the show. If you're listening on podcast, really appreciate everybody that's listening to the pod right now. Please follow along there as well. You are not going to want to miss our great content that we have coming up. In fact, tomorrow I'm going to have Andrew Stefaniak of of Wildcats Today, site that I write for over at Fan Nation, going to have him on to talk about Kentucky versus EKU as well as his schedule. So let's go ahead and get into it. The schedule has been officially released for the Kentucky Wildcats. They have released their SEC schedule, not just the opponents, but the actual dates that these teams are going to play. And so now that we combine that with the official non-con schedule, we've got the whole thing. So I want to run through this here today with you guys, give my thoughts on where some of these games fall in the Southeastern Conference, and give some perspective on what the ceiling is for the Kentucky Wildcats this upcoming year. As we've discussed previously, going to go through the non-con slate pretty quickly here, New Mexico State to open the season on November 6th. Then you have Texas A&M Commerce on the 10th before you take on Kansas in the United Center in Chicago. That is November 14th. November 17th is Stonehill, St. Joseph's on the 20th, Marshall on the 24th, and then Miami on the 28th. A really interesting stretch of games there all four of those games at home after the Miami game which is the ACC SEC challenge you've got UMC UNC Wilmington at home as well on December 2nd a sneaky good basketball team pin on December 9th in the Wells Fargo Center in Philadelphia that is also going to be a difficult matchup despite Penn losing their leading score from a season ago UNC Oh man, this is a this is a loaded non-con schedule. North Carolina in the State Farm Arena in Atlanta, that is December 16th. And then to round out the non-con slate, you've got Louisville on the road on December 21st. And then, or I'm sorry, the, the second to last game. And then your final game here in the non-con slate is Illinois State on the 29th. That is going to be at home for the Wildcats. Gonzaga, like we've mentioned, is going to be on February 10th. We're going to get to where that game falls here in just a little bit, and I'm actually not that uh, concerned about where it falls on the schedule. The first SEC game 
that Kentucky will play this upcoming upcoming season is going to be on the road in Gainesville. Florida is going to be the first opponent that the Wildcats tackle down in the Exitec Arena. I believe that's that's the name of the arena. Missouri on January 9th is going to be your home opener, as it has consistently been for the past couple of seasons. Going to get that one in. Rupp, Dennis Gates, Missouri looking a little bit different this season. I believe they brought in Connor Vanover. They lost a couple of pieces from their, their transfer portal squad that they put together a season ago. Still going to be a good basketball team. And then on the road at Texas A&M, I think this is going to be the most difficult game of the first three here to start conference play in College Station at Texas A&M, a very experienced Aggie squad. This one's going to be difficult. It was difficult last year. It was difficult the year prior. I think the Wildcats are going to be in some dogfights, I think, early in this season. Florida also no slouch there. I want to give my, my uh, respect to the to the Gators there. Uh, Mississippi State is your fourth game of the SEC slate on January 17th. It is a home game, January 20th, against Georgia, also in Rupp Arena. The 23rd. You are traveling to South Carolina the 27th. You are on the road at Arkansas. Mississippi State going to be much improved, I think, offensively this upcoming season. Not quite sure what to make of Georgia other than the fact that they gave the Wildcats a run for their money at various points a season ago. Arkansas, as we all know, very talented program, bringing in five stars, a hodgepodge of transfer portal players, always makes a solid amalgamation of a team that runs well in the postseason. South Carolina, I I really don't know what to make of them with Gigi Jackson gone. I've not taken a hard look at their roster. Uh, I, I think that that on the road is probably going to be your easiest road game outside of maybe trips to Vanderbilt and LSU uh, on this slate. But South Carolina is in between Georgia and Arkansas. I think that that's, that's a manageable stretch. You get Florida and Tennessee at home January 31st, February 3rd, before traveling to Vanderbilt on the road February 6th. And then here it is, February 10th, Gonzaga. It falls between a road trip to Vanderbilt and a home game against Ole Miss on the 13th. So you get a home game following the Gonzaga game against a team that's going to be taller, I think more physical and aggressive on the defensive end than Ole Miss teams have been in years past. Uh, This is, I don't think, as concerning as it could be. Thankfully, you didn't get an Alabama and Arkansas, Tennessee, or an Auburn here, or an A&M for that matter following or before this Gonzaga game, I think I'm content with this. I think that I'm perfectly fine with where this is at. Auburn is actually on the road following that Ole Miss game. Then you're at LSU the game after that. That is February 17th and February 21st. And then Alabama at home February 24th, February 27th. You're on the road to Mississippi State. And then your final three games of the year are Arkansas, Vanderbilt, both in Rupp, And then you're traveling to the Vols in Knoxville, Tennessee, to take on Rick Barnes and co. March 9th. I really like this SEC slate. I I don't think that there's a a stretch here where I'm just like really melting down, worried about how the Wildcats could perform. I think that this truly is going to be dictated by how this team peaks and when they peak, if they peak, I believe that they will. I think that there's an opportunity for the Wildcats this season to have a significant uh, impact, uh, I think, in both the conference and in the postseason, if all goes right. Uh, I I don't think that there's, again, a a stretch here where I'm just incredibly concerned because whenever you see the different teams like the Texas A&Ms, you've got Missouri and Mississippi State both at home sandwiched between it. When you're playing Arkansas, you've got South Carolina and Florida. 
Whenever you're playing a team like Auburn, Ole Miss and LSU between it, Gonzaga, again, Vanderbilt and Ole Miss. Whenever you play Bama, LSU and Mississippi State, two teams that were either average to awful uh, last season in the case of the Tigers uh, a season ago. Arkansas at the end of the year, Mississippi State and Vanderbilt. Tennessee on the road is going to be really difficult to round out the year. That's a game that the Wildcats could easily lose. There's a lot of different games in this in this slate. You could see Kentucky losing. Absolutely. They could really struggle this year because of how, of how good the league genuinely is. But I think that given the talent, if, again, if everything goes right, if everybody's healthy, if Big Z's able to come in and play, I think that this team has an incredibly high ceiling I want to dive into some of the record projections that I may have for this team and then give you some thoughts as to maybe some of the details as to what really has to go right for Kentucky because I think that there's a lot that has to align for Kentucky to have an excellent record. I want to dive into that in just a moment. Before we do that, though, I want to tell you guys about our friends over at LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available, and that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. All you have to do is add your job to the purple hashtag hiring frame on your profile to spread the word that you are hiring. They've got simple tools like screening questions to make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you would like to interview and hire. Small businesses absolutely love LinkedIn jobs. They rate them number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. And you can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That is LinkedIn dot com slash locked on college to post your job for free terms and conditions apply all right and continuing along here on the thursday edition of locked on kentucky lance Dahl hanging out here with you i really appreciate you guys making locked on kentucky your first listen every single day again the podcast numbers have been excellent uh the the this past month or so i appreciate everybody hopping on uh, on the podcast feed if you're listening to this now and you have not subscribed to the show please go ahead and do so. Going to have some great Kentucky content. And listen, if you're watching on YouTube, this is a little bit easier for you to do because you can comment, but Locked On UK on Twitter as well if you want to go hit me there. If you've got any questions for the show that you want me to answer here, thoughts about Kentucky basketball, football, projections, thoughts about individual players, you can leave that, again, YouTube comments below or on the socials. I would be more than willing to tackle as many questions as you guys want to throw at me uh, in an episode. All right. Kentucky basketball schedule. We just went through it. It's been released. I think that it's going to be fun. The non-con slate is very difficult. I think that you are going to have various rough patches early in the season. Again, games like Kansas, Marshall, Miami, Penn, North Carolina. I think you've got some really tough games early that are going to help us understand what this young Wildcats squad is about. It's not going to tell us who they are definitively going to become. I think you're going to find that out I think, honestly, around the Gonzaga game, you're going to see from around there out to the end of the regular season what this team is capable of in the postseason. And we talked about this, I think, uh, a week or so ago whenever this non-con slate was officially put together. I think Kentucky, if they handle that game well against Gonzaga, I think it does speak to what they could be in March. I think that it does give you an indication of how this team 
could run in the postseason. But I don't want to sit here and, and talk about the postseason too much. I want to give you guys some thoughts about the some records, maybe, or what needs to go right for the Wildcats in the regular season, but even before they get to that Gonzaga game. I think that the ceiling for the Wildcats this year is probably 28-3, and 27-4 in the regular season. I think that that's your ceiling. There are going to be a couple of games here, whether it be early in the non-con slate. If you somehow survive that unscathed, you are going to have a couple of SEC games on the road trip you up. That is going to happen this upcoming season, and we're just going to have to accept that. At the very least, a couple of games. It could end up being closer to eight or nine. Kentucky could finish 500 in conference play. The league is that good this season, and with Kentucky being so young, they could have some problems. I think 27-4, and 28-3, that's the ceiling. What has to happen in order for Kentucky to reach that ceiling? Well, like I just mentioned, I think the young guys need to grow up pretty quickly. I think guys like DJ Wagner, who are going to solidify themselves as leaders in this locker room early, I think that they are going to have to grow up and they are going to have to lead this team early in the year. Games against Kansas, games against Miami, Marshall, Penn, North Carolina, even games like Louisville on the road. You're going to have to see players like DJ Wagner step up. Antonio Reeves returning for this team after being an elite scorer a season ago. He looked great in the Global Jam. I need him to step up as more of a vocal leader this offseason, and I think he's doing that. If you have a backcourt like that with DJ Wagner and Antonio Reeves as kind of dogs, as some bucket getters and some confident guys, you are going to have success this season. Tyler Eulis said it recently on the Source to Say podcast about how he thinks this team is full of pure hoopers. They've got them all up and down the roster. Justin Edwards, pure hooper. DJ Wagner, pure hooper. Rob Dillingham, pure hooper. Guys that can go out there and make it happen whenever you need it to happen. This is a very talented roster, but also a lot of very young pieces. Uganda Onyenzo, I think, is where you also need to turn to next. I think that he's going to have a significant role with this team this upcoming season. As long as he is healthy, we'll get to injuries here in a second. But I truly do think that his defensive presence, with the way Kentucky has shown themselves to struggle uh, with rim protection over the past couple of seasons, I think that that is going to change. I think they're going to show, uh, improve themselves to be a significantly better team in that department this year. It's not just Hugo, though. I think that his development and his strength that he's added on is going to help. I think it's guys like Aaron Bradshaw stepping up to the plate and also not just being an offensive threat. And I'm not sitting here telling you that that's how he's been scouted coming out of high school, and that's not what he projects to be with the Wildcats. He's going to be great on the defensive end as well. We just have not gotten the chance to see him play. If he had played in the Global Jam, I think we would, we would have gotten to see that in spades. Trey Mitchell also needs to really step up here as far as his ability to versatilely spread the floor, if that's a word. Uh, I don't know if that is a word <laughs> that I just used there. Uh, you've got to have your front court really make an impact. And if Big Z's there, I think it ties it all together. It adds you one more player that can run, can dunk, can block shots, can shoot threes. Trey Mitchell and Zvonimir, if they were out on the court at the same time, I would be absolutely terrified to see what that rotation looks like. Of course, we've talked here before about the platoon and whether or not Kentucky could run that if Big Z comes. I mean, they could, but they could also do some fun things like put out some very similar players in the front court to just make some matchup nightmares for the opposing team. So I think that young guys need to grow up quickly. I think that the the defense needs to be, especially around the rim, needs to step up. And I, I think that the final thing here that we need to look at for the Kentucky Wildcats and them getting to that 28-3 and record, and this kind of ties into 
talking about the dog mentality, talking about the pure hoopers, talking about the defense. Kentucky's got to be a little bit more clutch. They've got to close out games stronger than they did a season ago. The Wildcats didn't have shooters a season ago. They did Outside of Antonio Reeves, they did not have guys that could shoot the basketball consistently well. And it really did hurt them at times to not have guys in their backcourt that could finish the job. You see these games on the road, Florida, A&M, South Carolina, Arkansas, Vanderbilt, Auburn, LSU, Mississippi State, Tennessee. You have to have in those games, and you're not going to win them all, you have to have somebody in those games step up for you and be that outside shooter, that closer, if you will. Maybe it's not necessarily an outside shooter. Maybe it's somebody on the defensive end that's able to lock it down, get some rebounds. Could Justin Edwards be that guy? We'll have to wait and see. You need closure, you need closure in these games. You need whenever things are tight for somebody to go out there and for the team to go out there and collectively put an end to it. We saw time and time again last season, Kentucky struggle, go back and forth, not be able to get enough shots to fall in the final few minutes of the game, and they lost. Or, at the very least, they had the game tied, go to overtime, something like that. We got to see that against Michigan State early in the year where it was just a sign of things to come. Kentucky needs better second-half production. I think that that's what the Wildcats need this upcoming year. Better adjustments in the second half, better execution from your star players, better execution from the team. So to recap, young guys need to grow up quick. You need to have better rim protection, and you need some closers. You need to be able to close out games better this year. The road is going to be very difficult for the Wildcats to get to a 27-4, 28-3 type of year. But I believe they can do it. If everything comes together, I think Kentucky can be very special in the regular season. If you've got any thoughts on this schedule, you can leave it in the YouTube comments below or hit me on the socials at LockedOnUK. I'm sure a lot of you are going to be excited about this and discussing the individual matchups and games here over the next month and a half or so before the season actually starts. I'm very excited to get it going with you guys. So if you would please subscribe to the show before we get to the season so that we can all have a great time during it, it would be much appreciated. All right, a conversation with... Uh, Andy Patton about the situation with Zvonimir Ivasic in just a second. Have some interesting thoughts about his perspective on what the emission, emissions offense is doing uh, with UK. Before we get to that, though, I want to tell you guys about our friends over at Game Time. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Let's say you want to get some tickets to go see Big Blue Nation this upcoming season. Get to see maybe some of those good non-con games. Maybe that, maybe a Marshall, maybe a Penn, maybe a Miami. I would love to go and see some of those games, and I think game time is the best place for you to get those tickets. It's the fastest and easiest way to buy tickets for all different sports, not just basketball. They've also got music, comedy, theater, and much more near you with killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for all the fun you'll have thanks to game time. Really easy to find and buy tickets for all kinds of events in your area, and if you want to select a seat, you can actually get a picture of it, get to see where you're sitting so you can get an idea of what sort of experience you would be getting at the event. Game Time also has the lowest price guarantee, event cancellation protection, job loss protection as well. Game Time is the place for last-minute ticket deals. You can snag the tickets without the stress, again, with Game Time. Download the Game Time app 
Create an account and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off. Download game time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. As much of a roller coaster as I can remember a single team having throughout in a long time, we've seen the ups and the downs with the transfers and with a roster of seven players at one point, and then they get Reeves back, they add Trey Mitchell, things start to kind of come together. Visich looks like a really nice kind of final piece for Coach Calipari, seven foot two center from Croatia, a kid that really looks like he's going to make a huge impact. And now we're finding out as the school year's getting started. That the admissions department, as you pointed out before we got we hit record here, Lance, 94.5% acceptance rate at Kentucky. And all of a sudden, there's some issues with getting this kid admitted to the school. Now it looks like there might be a situation unfolding where he doesn't end up playing for Kentucky this year. Lance, would love to hear kind of a breakdown of what this situation has, how it's unfolded, and kind of your thoughts on, on what looks like could be a pretty disastrous uh, end of the offseason for Coach Calipari. Yeah, so like you mentioned, things have kind of been a roller coaster. It was bad, then it was good, then it was bad, then the Global Jam kind of smoothed things over. It's like, oh, we've got injuries, but who cares? We're playing well against teams in Canada, and now we're sitting here towards the the end of the offseason, getting practice going for the upcoming season, and uh, Zvonimir Ivasic, the final piece of this Kentucky basketball team, not able uh, to get on campus just yet. He's trying to get a visa, trying to come over uh, to the United States, and he can't quite do just about anything that he wants to do in terms of getting set up to come mm. to the U.S. until Kentucky accepts him as a student. And I think that it's very funny, uh, Andy, and I'm not going to sit here and bash the university harsh, uh, harshly mm. because I've done that for two straight episodes on my show. But uh, <laughs> I, I just think it's really funny that U.K. spokesperson Jay Blanton said apparently, and this is from a tweet from the University of Kentucky, mm. that the uh, they are working together efficiently and in a manner that is inconsistent or is consistent with the institution's admissions standards. Mm -hmm. uh, it's currently, as we are recording this, uh, September 7th, 2023, and uh, school started like, what, two, three weeks ago? It doesn't really sound like they're working in an efficient manner if no. school started closer to uh, closer to a month ago. So mm -hmm. we're currently in a situation with Ivasich where the admissions uh, board does not approve of his uh, English speaking skills. Essentially, mm -hmm. he's taken an English test that de they do not approve of. He mm -hmm. has taken the English test, if I'm not mistaken, that they do accept. And mm -hmm. he has passed all but one section of the test, which was reading. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's kind of a ridiculous thing because whenever you go and actually watch this kid speak English, and I played a clip of it on yesterday's show, you can find mm -hmm. an interview with the Indiana Pacers from, from mm -hmm. just a few months ago, might've been a year ago about him talking mm -hmm. about his draft status Mm -hmm. And the kid is speaking clear English. Yeah. He is perfectly fine. He's coherent. And mm -hmm. on top of this, he speaks four languages. The, 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 kid's, not, the kid's not stupid. The kid, yeah. the, the kid can talk. And, mm -hmm. and on top of that, the kid can make the university potentially millions of dollars with his play, mm -hmm. especially if he sticks around for another season yeah. in, in 2024-25 season where he could end up being a starter. Uh, this is a situation with the admissions offense at Kentucky where they're they're being uh, they're being overly aggressive, I think, with their with their rules here uh, with a kid that could potentially be of great benefit for them to bring in. And again, I want to go back to what you said a second ago. Ninety four five percent acceptance rate. That's the mm -hmm. acceptance rate at the University of Kentucky. Just about everybody and their mother gets in. The fact that they have been uh, again, just I think a little ridiculous with this at this point mm -hmm. is is just very frustrating, I think, for Eva Sitch's camp. 
It's frustrating for the basketball uh, for the for the basketball administration there. Matt Jones of KSR reported that that was this case that people were starting to get frustrated and that if this does not go through, uh, Ivasich wants to go play college ball somewhere else. And it, I'm just I'm, I'm I don't know anything. I'm just going to sit here and tell you. Um, it would be a shame if he if he decided to go to a team within the SEC. Uh, yeah. I'll just say that it would really really be disappointing if that happened. And I think that there's a possibility that it does. But uh, English apparently is the uh, is the issue with the Kentucky admissions board, and I I just don't simply see it, especially with what he brings to the table. You watch like any videos of him. I mean, it takes ten seconds of watching a video of him to be like this. Clearly, isn't uh, isn't an issue for him. Like there are plenty of international players in college basketball. Who I, you know, who I've spoken to, I've watched interviews with, who who sound like English is a bit more difficult for them than it yep. is for Vonimir. And I just it feels like there's some kind of personal issue here. And even when you read the statement, I'm looking at it right now, the statement from the admissions department, like there's a little bit of stank on it. Like they said, like uh, spreading unfounded rumors helps no one, and these are complex issues. And it doesn't sound like it's like a it sounds like there's a little bit more to it. And I don't know what the entire situation is, but I've worked in college athletics. I didn't quite work in compliance. I worked in academic support though. So these kind of decisions were things that I had a, a part in making a decision with. And I worked at smaller schools than, than Kentucky. I worked at the University of Portland in Seattle U. And, and at those schools, like you do have to have these conversations of how much is this kid going to help the school? How, you know, how many, how much resources can we allocate to them? And at schools like that, A, the players that they're bringing in tend to not be bringing as much money as Visich is going to bring. And B, those schools are smaller resource institutions. They don't have huge academic support staffs or huge compliance staffs. Mm -hmm. But we tended to err on the side of bringing kids to campus. And I just don't understand why you wouldn't do that at Kentucky, where basketball is such a big part of the school. It's part of the brand. It's part of the identity. Like it, it's, it's, more, it's more than just money, too. Like it, 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 a part of Kentucky basketball is or a part of Kentucky as a school is the basketball program and accepting international students and bringing people, you know, from places where they may not otherwise get a chance to come to the United States and experience your culture and experience your school. Like this is such a valuable part of higher education. And to me, all of these factors leading to Kentucky choosing not to do this when it's going to make them more money, it's going to make their school look better, it's going to make their basketball team better. It just it's absolutely baffling to me. And they say, oh, there's more to it than that. And to an extent, they're they're right. There is obviously more that we're not hearing, but it's really hard to see an argument where they're in the right here by dragging this on into the season and potentially costing this kid an opportunity to come to the school that he wants to play at and instead potentially go somewhere else. And I think the, the 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 thing for me is that not only does it affect this current roster, which mm-hmm. in its in its state right now is concerned about Uganda and Yenzo and it's his mm-hmm. health for the beginning of the season. I think it also damages your ability. I think in future years to get mm-hmm. international prospects Absolutely. because if this is the case and mm-hmm. Kentucky's admissions offense is going to be so stubborn mm-hmm. over their English test and maybe over various things that we also don't understand and mm-hmm. know about, it's a turnoff to yeah. various other kids that may want to come play for your school. And uh, Ivasich said it himself: why he wanted to come play for Kentucky. It's one of the best, if not the best, place to get developed to go to the NBA. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these international product prospects. I, I said on my show a couple of days ago to quote Cardell Jones, I didn't come here to play school. It, you, you come here to play Kentucky basketball mm-hmm. and you come here to go to the league. Sure. And that's what a lot of these prospects want to do. And if you're coming from overseas, mm-hmm. that's, the, that's what's on your mind. And so yeah. this admissions offense, again, 
just being stubborn at the wrong time, uh, mm-hmm. especially given the, the circumstance, I think is a little ridiculous. And I understand like trying to allocate resources to other students. Ivasich is not the only international student that's trying to come uh, play for True. Kentucky. And I made the argument on yesterday's show. It's like you don't want to give him preference or give him more attention over other students. Mm-hmm. But if this is the way that they operate, and it's mm-hmm. currently, again, a week into September, and you have not been able to get him on campus, mm-hmm. I feel bad for the other students that may be dealing with some issues. Because if he is having problems as mm-hmm. a potential moneymaker and as, as a potential you know, icon, depending mm-hmm. on how he plays for you, how are the other students performing? How are the other students struggling to get into, again, a university that has such a high acceptance rate? It's just it's a, it's a bad look for the program now or the university, I should say now. Mm-hmm. And it's a really bad look for what they could be in the future if they're trying to get uh, different players in uh, into their program. Real quick, Lance, before we wrap here, uh, what is, in terms of the immediate impact this makes for Kentucky, and again, we don't know if this, how this is, this is going to get resolved. Perhaps it will end up getting cleared up and he'll end up playing and it'll be fine. But if he does not, if he ends up going somewhere else or goes back overseas or, or whatever, what does it mean immediately for Kentucky? Because the odds of them finding an ex- another player to replace him are slim. Not impossible. A center from Providence just entered the transfer portal like two days ago. It is still unbelievably happening, and it could continue to happen. But do you think it's a situation where they just they roll with the guys that they have? Do you think it's a situation where they do try to, to find somebody else or they're just going to play a little bit smaller next year? Like, What do you think it means in terms of the pure basketball if Avicic is not on campus next year? I would like for them to find somebody uh, to just be a body, a fourth body in that room. But as it stands right now, I think you have to head into the season and say uh, at the at the worst case scenario, we've got three guys that we can rely on. And one of them is currently in a boot. And I, like you mentioned, potentially going smaller here. Something that I preached on yesterday's show is Trey Mitchell may end up being your best big man on this on this yeah. team. He played really well during the Global Jam. He's not been statistically the most efficient player shooting sub 50 percent for the majority of his career at that mm-hmm. center power forward position. Is that what you want at Kentucky? Do you want another six, nine guy playing as a rim protector for you? I'm not sure. Aaron Mm -hmm. Bradshaw at seven feet tall could probably slide down to that position, but he's been adamant. He wants to play power forward. It's going to be a versatile front court. I think regardless for Kentucky, whether or not Ivasic comes or not, but I think that you do have to walk into the season and say, okay, if you is not healthy, then you've got two guys that you really have to rely on with the 6'9", Jordan Burks, that's listed as a guard on your roster <laughs> as your best option at center. And by the way, that's what Kentucky did in the Global Jam. Whenever they wanted yeah. to play a different rotation, your guard, Jordan Burks, at 6'9", was your center. <laughs> um, so that they just may have to accept that. And that would really, really put a damper, I think, on the fan base just thinking like, oh, what are our, what are our long-term projections here in the postseason if we can't even get a center here? But I think that Kentucky will be fine. You gonna mm-hmm. with the way that he's developed this off season. I don't know if he's going to start. I don't even know if he would start over Trey Mitchell, but I'll tell you what he will do. He'll at least rotate in and he's going to play some really good physical defense for the Wildcats. Something that they've really lacked over these past couple of years, all respect to Shibway and his ability to rebound. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think that Kentucky would end up being fine, but I'm not going to sit here and say that losing out on Ivasic is just okay. Like, oh, we're just going to sit here and be hunky-dory right. about it because, again, like the, the issues that we said long-term of what it could be for the program and then the immediate uh, the immediate effect is not bringing in a, a unicorn type of player that I think, honestly, if we're, if we're just going to go back to just, just the money aspect of it, not only is he going to win you games, but having a seven-foot-two kid that can run up and down the court and can shoot threes is going to bring people and make them – Make them come to the games. So mm-hmm. I, I just think that you lose out on a lot if you lose Ivasich. But I think Kentucky can make do, I, and it, it would not be fun. 
All right, that was our conversation with Andy Patton of the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Appreciate him having me on the show to talk about what's going on with Big Z, kind of flesh out some thoughts with the admissions office. If you want to go check them out, Locked On College Basketball Podcast, wherever you get your podcasts, also on YouTube. Patton and Shade do a phenomenal job over there, so I would strongly encourage you to go check them out and uh, listen to what's going on all across college basketball. I'm sure a lot of you uh, care about it, and if you don't, you should. That's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Kentucky. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On UK. You can follow me on Twitter at Lance Dahl underscore, and you can follow the show over on Instagram. That is at Kentucky Podcast. Any questions, comments, concerns, leave them in the YouTube comments below. Hit me on the socials. I will see you all tomorrow for another episode of Locked On Kentucky. Hope you guys have a great rest of your day, and God bless.